welcome to a very spooky episode of Backcast 66. I'm your host, Kendall. I'm Scott. And today we have a very special guest. I'm Kayla. Yeah, so having a special guest is very appropriate for our special Halloween episode here. Uh, as we're doing the second episode of the new Scooby-Doo movies, which famously featured special guests in each episode. Uh, usually real, but in this case... Uh, pretty fictional but yeah uh this episode is the uh the dynamic scooby-doo affair um which obviously features batman and robin uh as the special guest stars in this episode got any history with the new scooby-doo movies or scooby-doo franchise in general i loved scooby-doo when i was a kid i there's another batman and robin episode of this that i think i remember more because in rewatching this episode like I didn't remember big chunks of it, but I remember watching these all the time. But like, I just, I remember they were like all like Scooby-Doo shows in general were always on in the mornings. So I just watched like random episodes of either what's new or this or 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo, stuff like that. How about you, Kayla? I think I was introduced to Scooby-Doo. I had this friend who lived down the street and I would go to her house and she and her dad were like I don't want to say weirdly obsessed with Scooby-Doo but kind of weirdly obsessed with Scooby-Doo because by then it was early 2000s and I feel like not many kids were watching you know old school Scooby-Doo like that and I just remember her dad was like making a mural on her like bedroom wall of like Shaggy and Scooby and I was like oh what's that about and then when I watched it I was like oh I totally get it it's really cool but I feel like I came into the era where they were making like a lot of the I mean I guess they always made like those hour-long specials but like the VA they would be out on VHS like and you could just like pick them up and yeah they were really corny and (laughs) I know that's a relatively modern thing Scooby-Doo did uh in starting like the 2000s this first one was um Escape from Zombie Island yeah which this is what I know just from general because Scooby is one of those things I really like but it's not like a top fandom for me but that was the first like new Scooby like project in like years, I think, since a pop named Scooby Doo. Yeah, that was kind of a big deal when it came out. Yeah, I remember that being a real big deal. I remember being I was legitimately pretty excited for it. And I was a teenager because it was like going to be like a real dark and scary, like mature take on the characters. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, it, I mean, it was probably the most mature. I take guess. On yeah. It. Yeah. My it favorite was, one was the one with the Hex Girls. That's the second one. I forget what it's called. I think it's the Witch's Ghost. I know it's like in Salem, Massachusetts. Yeah. That was my jam. Cool. What about you, Kendall? Uh, You know, a very similar story. I'd gotten cable TV like towards the end of middle school and Scooby-Doo just always was on Cartoon Network. I was kind of like fascinated with how many different series there were. Yeah, like how they were all like similar but different from each other. Yeah, they all had like slight differences. And it's like, okay, this one has Scooby-Dum. This one has Scrappy-Doo. This one, they're all kids. I, I've, yeah, I've always had a real soft spot for Scooby-Doo. And I'm, I'm not entirely sure why. It might have just been because it was always all when we were kids. But I don't know if you remember like back when the Wii was new. One of the first things I did with the the me makers, I made the Scooby Gang because I found out like you can make a guy look kind of like a dog. So I thought it'd be funny if like they were like a ba- like populated the baseball teams and Wii Sports. Ah, I love that. But uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. Like we've kind of always been around. Like I, you convinced me during the lockdown to watch Mystery Incorporated, oh, and it was so really good. good. Funny you mentioned that. I'm gonna bring that up pretty early in our uh, discussion of the episode. Um, But before we get into that, Kayla, I guess we should ask you, what's your history with this interpretation of Batman or (laughs) Batman in general? Did you like watch these old, you know, typically we talk about the 60s Batman show on here, but this kind of tied into the Super Friend TV show, I guess. Yeah, this this, this version of Batman is very cut from that that same cloth. I remember my dad always having episodes of this Batman version on TV because this is what he grew up with as a kid. Was the animated one? Oh, not the animated one. The live action one. Mm-hmm. And I guess like 
I remember like being enthralled with like how goofy it is and things like that but I don't know it was never anything that I like sought out on my own but then um you guys started this podcast and they've been on a lot in the background of our home now so it's kind yeah. of just like how that is come uh, back <laughs> I guess for context uh Kayla and I are married oh yeah <laughs> so yeah oh yeah in, in watching this Batman show uh you know she's she sat in on a couple episodes and yeah and when we went to the drive-in as a trio and met Batgirl and Batman and saw the Batmobile and got her picture taken oh yeah it was hurricaning while we were watching the movie at the drive-in that was great Uh, that was a really fun experience yeah (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty bananas shall we get into it let's dive right in all right we're watching the new Scooby-Doo movies episode two I didn't get any who the writer was or anything on this episode in the end credits I feel like it just lists every single writer on the series yeah that's what I saw too um because yeah I have the list of all of the credits on it and it's like 20 people yeah and it's just like oh hmm. hopefully it didn't take that many people to craft this episode but I can't imagine it. Yeah, to... so, you know, unlike our normal episodes, we won't be bringing up any writers or directors. Let's let's get into it. We first meet our Scooby gang as they're driving through, I don't know what this setting is. It looks like they're driving through a jungle. Yeah, I thought they were in Florida. Yeah, it looked kind of like a swamp or something. Yeah. But I think it's just, they probably just had, so... Hanna-Barbera is notorious for like reusing animation and just like everything's on the cheap. Mm. So I imagine they probably just kind of had this <laughs> background because ultimately it doesn't really matter. I guess they're sort of in the vicinity of Gotham City. Yeah. So as Which, they're driving yeah. to the Mystery Solvers Convention or? The Mystery Club Conference is what I have written down. Yeah. Which is a... An event that we <laughs> kind of get to see take place in the Mystery Incorporated Scooby-Doo cartoon. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. That's cool. It kind of reminded me a little bit of like a more recent time Scooby met Batman in the Brave and the Bold movie. Mm. Where like they the, like the there's like a because this is a thing from the DC comics where there's like a secret detectives club where they get together and like solve unsolvable mysteries. Ah. So I thought it kind of reminded me of that. I hope that that's true because when I first heard that they were going to the Mystery Club conference, I was like, wow, mm-hmm. that's very convenient that that exists for your Mystery Club. You know? Yeah, like the, 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 the conceit for that movie is like they get, the, the Scooby gang specifically gets invited to that because of their detective skills. <laughs> and then, you know, a mystery happens and they have to team up. Well, I imagine we'll eventually talk about that movie. So yeah, as they're driving through this uh, jungle, a plane flies overhead, almost killing them, uh, but they take it pretty well. And it's like a giant cargo plane too. It's not like a two-seater little, you know. Yeah, yeah, a huge cargo plane. It's like a giant plane just landing in the woods. So they're like, oh, someone must be in trouble. And they go to check it out. And this huge cargo plane unloads one single crate. Yeah, instead of just some random house in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, they take it to a random house and... A mysterious farmhouse. Yeah. <laughs> These kids are so damn nosy. That was my thought. It was like... Well, they, well, they, they meddle. That's their thing. Uh, it's none of their business. I mean, I guess it turns out to be a mystery, but like, I'd like to see the episodes in between the episodes we get where they're just like butting their nose into people's business and they're everything's on the up and up and it's like just get out of here <laughs> why are you yeah. in my house i'm gonna press charges <laughs> i mean that was a good question if they weren't there i think this whole mystery probably would have got solved anyway because we find out very shortly after they start investigating that like batman and robin are also investigating it yeah yeah so they they follow this truck to an old farmhouse as we said and they get there. It's very strange. Everything's nailed down to the floor. The crate is strapped to the floor. 
and in pops Batman and Robin. Who also just entered this house. Yeah, I actually, my first note is like, does nobody lock their hideout? Exactly. They just walk right in. (laughs) I was like, clearly illegal. Well, I'm about to find out like illegal things are happening. So right off the bat, what's up with the neck in Batman's costume? So it's an animation error. It was supposed to be colored in and it just wasn't. Oh, no. Yeah, which which we can get to at the end because there's one really bad one. There's a um, bunch but, of weird but, but I have I do have a list of all of the animation errors in this episode. <laughs> oh nice, cool. So yeah, Batman sees these kids and instead of being like, hey, get out of here, he kind of immediately trusts them and teams up, which I feel like is something our Batman we're usually with would never do. Yeah, he would never put just teenagers other than Robin into harm's way. Yeah, Robin has had like training and stuff. So Robin's deputized. Yeah. The Scooby gang, like we said, are meddling. Also, why wouldn't he assume that they are like responsible for things here? Oh, and while we're meeting Batman and Robin, I want to point out um, they're not played by Adam West and Burt Ward, obviously. Uh, Robin's played by Casey Kasem, who's already on the show doing Shaggy's voice. And Batman is Olin Soleil. Um, they both were playing the animated versions of Batman and Robin in the earlier show, the Batman Superman Hour, um, and then continue to play it in this and will play it in Super Friends and like all of its spinoffs. Cool. And I got to say, so even as a kid, I've always loved Casey Kasem's voice. Yeah, me too. And like, I love his Robin. And I like, I, I don't know, it was one of those, was one of the earliest voices I can, like as a kid, you can like detect that he's doing like multiple characters. Um, and I wonder, I was thinking about that watching this. Is like, I bet it's because he's got a cameo in Ghostbusters is why his voice stands out to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. During the montage. Yeah. And I was like, man, all my things I liked as a kid are just interconnected. So connected. Yeah. Isn't he like what? Cliff Jumper? Yeah, he's Cliff Jumper. Is he Bumblebee? He's either Bumblebee or Cliff Jumper. I know he's Cliff Jumper. He might be both. Cool. Well, anyway. Yeah. Is uh, Who did you say the Batman voice actor was? Do we know him from anything else? Yeah, he just did a lot of voice acting around this time, but he wasn't as prolific as like Frank Welker, who does Fred, who does a million characters uh, across fandoms to this day. But yeah, he, he most his most famous one is the anime version of Batman. And, you know, I think they do. They both do an all right job. They're not doing impressions you know, of the 60s characters, but they're definitely, like, inspired by it. Yeah, the writing is definitely inspired by that show. Which, as people listening to the regular episodes of this uh, podcast know, I'm keeping track of, like, every, like, holy catchphrase that Robin makes. And he has, by at least as far as we've gotten in the series so far, he has way more in this than any of the combined two-part episodes. He might have just as much as we've watched in the series so far wow yeah that's yeah a lot. so I'm, I'm kind of tracking to see if that becomes more and more pronounced as the series goes on because yeah this takes place you know this aired like a couple years after the original series stopped airing so i'm wondering how much of like a flanderization effect that was like robin says holy whatever constantly yeah well i guess we'll see anyway the scooby gang they're messing around and they, find, they open the crate and find a punching clown. Okay, at this point, Velma opens the crate and she's like, oh, it's just a punching clown. Whereas if I opened a crate in a spooky house and I found a punching clown, I would be extremely scared. <laughs> like, like, why? And also what's crazy is when they pull this thing out, like, Batman's so unconcerned about it. He's like, yeah. no, it's just a punching clown. I'm like, you have so many clown-themed villains. <laughs> like, you're here investigating a crime and just a mysterious box has one in it. Yeah, this Batman does a couple careless things. Uh, I feel like this was the second one. First off is just letting these kids hang out with them. Oh, yeah, and we're also introduced here to, uh, oh, I forget what her name is. Mrs. Um, Baker. Yeah, Mrs. Baker, like, who's, like, apparently, like, lives in the house and, like, runs, like, not runs the house, but, like, is in charge of the house. And they're, like, completely, like, oh, this old grandma 
you know, she must be a victim of whatever's happening here. And she, well, she comes down the stairs. Yeah. In a hood, carrying a lantern, which, spoiler alert, obviously she's the villain. <laughs> well, that's how the Scooby formula works. Right. The first, character you <laughs> the meet first the person villain. you meet, right. Yeah. So you know she's going to be the villain, but it's just like, you think after solving so many mysteries, anybody who walks down in any like suspicious kind of garb, I would just be like, that's the villain. Got it. So so we'll get into this towards the end of the story because I have a lot of things to say about Mrs. Baker, (laughs) her being the villain. But, you know, we got to remember this was made in the 70s for like babies. Also, I mean, maybe... Batman and the Scooby gang just aren't so judgmental. Yeah, maybe we're the jerks. Innocent until proven guilty, right? Yeah. Anyway, Scooby's punching this clown and he knocks the head off, revealing that it's filled with counterfeit $5 bills. Batman immediately knows that they're counterfeit because Abraham Lincoln's wearing a turtleneck. He doesn't wear a turtleneck sweater. Yeah. Sorry, I almost forgot to point out when they pull the clown out, Robin says, holy Harlequins, which is our first one. Ah, there we go. These counterfeiters, you know, they're like, oh, they're probably from another country. But if you're running this whole ring, like, why wouldn't you give these counterfeiters like one $5 bill at least to like go off of? Yeah, that's a, it's a weird, obviously it's supposed to be some kind of joke, I'm sure. Um, the audience was laughing the whole time, so, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the laugh track is excellent. Oh, yeah. what are you talking about laugh tracks? New <laughs> Scooby-Doo movies is filmed in front of a live studio <laughs> audience. So, Miss Baker uh, directs the Scooby gang and Batman and Robin to investigate this old junkyard that's nearby, which she says is haunted. It's within walking distance to the farmhouse, so they head on over there. I guess they follow some tracks, right? Yeah, because Robin says, holy retreads. They start talking about how the compactor works, which Mm -hmm. comes into play in a a few minutes. But Shaggy had a decent joke about like the crush car. Like, oh, talk about a compact car. Yeah, I like that one too. (laughs) I did like We watched this twice. It made me laugh both times. (laughs) Yeah, there was was two things I really like, I'd like laughed at. Um, I'll point them out. We haven't, this one I thought was amusing, but it wasn't as funny. Some of the other stuff I thought. Well, mayhem ensues. Well, yeah, they see the spirit, which I might have been judgmental before about Mrs. Baker's garb, but again, she did not even try to change up her ghost look. It's literally the same purple hood in the same shade of purple cape thing. According to the Scoobypedia, that's the character called Hooded Man, and this is his first appearance. Oh, right, right, right. Hooded Man. Yeah. Uh, does he have another appearance? As far as I know now. <laughs> Excellent. Well, yeah. Uh, mayhem ensues. Shaggy kind of just ditches Scooby, I feel like. He's like, see you later, and just runs away. And yeah. end up on a car that's getting pulled yeah. up on the hook into the compactor. Yeah, the two of them, yeah, the two of them hide in a car. That's because uh, Rob Batman's inside the compactor investigating that, and Robin's investigating like the top of the crane. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the other gang is just kind of standing around, I guess. <laughs> oh, they're looking for clues. Yeah. Fred goes to climbs up to the crane that's lifting the car while Batman rescues Shaggy and Scooby. And the hooded man puts a hood on Fred, and everyone jumps him. Yeah. And this is where we get holy hoodwinks when Fred gets unmasked, which is funny because mm-hmm. he's usually the one doing that to people. Oh, good catch. Little role yeah. reversal. And then, you know, they're like, well, this person got away. And then Batman has a fun line now that we're watching the original series of the, the 60s show. Uh, as he mentions, well, we should get all that counterfeit money to Chief O'Hara. I thought that was cool that a little bit of continuity there. I did like that. But also... I have no faith in Chief O'Hara as a police officer, so. Oh, yeah, we've discussed this multiple times now. Yeah, I guess he'll just put it in an evidence locker. Is he the super Irish police officer? Yes. Yeah. So after all these hijinks, they decide to go back to the farmhouse. Uh, but the house is gone when they come back. 
And during this whole conversation where they're like, oh, jinkies, where did the house go? And they're like rubbing their eyes and stuff. The animation of Daphne and Robin, they look so bored by the whole <laughs> conversation. <laughs> they're just like, whatever. <laughs> Even though Robin says, holy Houdini when it's yeah. gone. His face does not change the whole time. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, at first Batman's like, oh, did we go the wrong way? Uh, but after they deduce that they didn't, Batman suggests that they were under mass hallucination, which yeah. seems like a leap. Like that's a huge leap. Like group hypnotism or didn't he say group hypnotism or something? Like yeah, that? something like that. <laughs> yeah, that seems bizarre. Yes. Then again, to be fair to Batman, he is seeing a talking dog the whole time. And he sees a lot of stuff on the daily, I guess. I guess you have to be a certain level of insane to do any of the stuff these groups do. <laughs> uh, I feel like we'll get back to Scooby being a talking dog in a, in a little bit, because I have something to say about that. So the Batmobile is also gone. So they have to drive the mystery machine back to the Batcave. Yeah, because so yeah, they, they say, you know, whatever caused the house to disappear and with the Batmobile was fortuitous because they have a tracker in the Batmobile because they have to like leave it in strange situations. Um, so yeah, they offer to take the mystery machine back to the Batcave, which this led to my, my favorite joke in the show uh, when Shaggy, of course, is like, well, we get there, we get a snack. He's like, yeah, we go there and have bat milk and cookies. And then Shaggy's just like, bat milk? I thought, <laughs> no, that, I thought that was funny that they pointed out that's a weird gross thing <laughs> yeah pretty creepy and then yeah so obviously they have to tie it blindfold them so they don't know you know where the the bat cave is um and then scooby's like they're the dynamic trio and he's like oh scooby tie you up because he's a dog that can talk so he can actually like tell people where they are so they get to the bat cave and find the location of the batmobile uh it's at a batman exhibit where no one would think it would weird to be parked yeah it could have been seen as like a replica or something and it's at an amusement park the gotham city amusement park yeah which again he's got so many like amusements based villains yeah (laughs) like of course i mean we live in philadelphia and there's no philadelphia amusement park it just seems like a weird thing staple to always have in your city yeah, that's true. You know, is there an amusement park in Philadelphia? No, I'm no. saying that's weird that Gotham, yeah. it's called the Gotham City Amusement Park. And I was just reflecting. I was like, I don't think a lot of major cities have like. Well, so here's the thing about Gotham City. Uh, <laughs> it's sort of based on like Jersey. And like, I can see that as being part of like a boardwalk in it. I did not know that. Yeah. Fun fact. Um, it's not any place like descript enough, but I like, you know, it'd be like, it, like how Atlantic city or like ocean city has like, you know, amusement parks and stuff on the board. I buy that. That's the way I kind of, I, I, cause there's, there's always like docks and like, like it onto the ocean and like with theme parks and stuff in it in Gotham. So like, it's not so strange in Gotham and I, I guess just as a general Batman, like kind of thing that i've experienced a lot they have not shown it in the 60s show yet but like everything's like branded like gotham in that Mm. like always like you know gotham bank or like gotham industrial fireworks factory or stuff like that well the crew gets to the gotham city amusement park and they go to look for clues leaving shaggy and scooby in the batmobile and they get to pretend to be batman and robin Shaggy and Scooby pull their normal bowl where they're like, oh, we're not going in where the ghosts are. We'll stay here with the Batmobile. Yeah, I feel like that usually gets them into more trouble. Exactly. They're Because they're constantly singling themselves out, they are always the first to stumble into like the major plot point or the major villain that then in, in like in turn kicks off the whole thing yeah i guess we didn't say they pulled up and the batmobile was just parked outside (laughs) on the street 
And the Batman and Robin exhibit looks like a really small like room. Yeah. Um, what's in there? Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They see the city every day and they only get one room, huh? Well, Batman's not doing it for the glory. He's doing it because it's the right thing to do. In this <laughs> but it's, of course, it's right across like the street from the haunted house. Mm-hmm. And like the fun thing about having Batman in your crossover is you can bring like his villains and extended characters over. And the Joker and Penguin are just like out there, like sticking their heads out watching them. And they look absolutely terrifying in that initial where they're sticking their head out the window. So, yeah, because the so I think this is based on what they looked like in the comics at the time. Because you ever see like the old memes from those, like Joker's like boner issue, where like because boner oh, yeah. like he screwed something up, but like he's <laughs> talking about his boner the entire episode like issue. <laughs> um, so it's funny in modern sense, uh, but. Yeah, where, like, his hair kind of makes him look like the devil. Yeah. There's a couple shots where he really looks like, like, the the latest, like, theatrical version of It. <laughs> I can see that, yeah. Because like, of the hair. Yeah, it's the hair, and, like, sometimes they draw his, like, eyes just, like, wide open. Like, unblinking. Yeah, it's just, like, uh... Well, it costs money to animate blinks. <laughs> It does. Yeah, they just made. Robin doesn't even have eyes in this. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. I just think it's like silly that they're hanging out right next to this exhibit. Yeah. So I figure we'll get into this at the end. We'll do our usual villains ranking thing. Uh, We won't count it into the main series thing. But like, I also just don't understand what they get out of this plan. Yeah. I mean, they they. Yeah, it's it's truly strange. They just like the negative attention. They're like yeah, they're just criminals for the sake of it. Yeah, they don't. I the think love of the game. Oppositional defiance disorder. Like they just want to always be saying no <laughs> and causing a ruckus. You know, Batman yeah. and Robin investigate the haunted house alone. You know, they're like these are two dangerous criminals. And now that we know they're involved, like now's the time where we have to ask you all to sit out. I mean, to be fair, that's true. I mean, that is true. It just, uh, it seems to me like maybe it's a little too late, but. uh, (laughs) Yeah, they've seen everything. And like the bad guys have seen the Scooby gang. They do drive a pretty uh, conspicuous vehicle. Yeah. So. They go inside and the Joker is using the devices in this haunted house to try to scare them. <laughs> Which, Which I, I was really happy that they went to a haunted house because this is our Halloween episode. I'm like, wow, how thematically relevant. Yeah, <laughs> for real. Robin's like, what? you know, they hear a sound and Robin's like, what was, what was that? You know, and Batman replies, it's just a recording of uh, some talented professional (laughs) don't be afraid (laughs) robin says holy spine tinglers by the way (laughs) oh i like that that's a good one so we're coming up on my second my my actual biggest laugh of this episode and i don't think it's intentional so as as they conclude their investigation batman just points out a door goes robin look a door and then they're like like they then try to go through it i just thought that was really funny it's just (laughs) at the end of a hallway like they didn't discover one there's a lot of dead air like in yeah. this show at this point. Yeah. You know, between everything that is said. I feel like there's a lot of filler in this episode. It's almost two stories in one, basically. And the first one's like unraveling and about to come to the end, it feels like. Well, at least they, they think. So yeah, so at the door, Joker over the intercom is like, oh no, you found where I am. So they just walk in and it's like a big pit. And they can't escape. Yeah, and it essentially writes Batman and Robin out of the story for a while. Because, yeah, because then after that, the Scooby gang is just like, hey, they must be in trouble for no reason. Yeah, they just come to this deduction and they got to, you know, convince Scooby with his Scooby snacks to go in with them. And we learn that three Scooby snacks is all it takes. Yeah, I kind of think that's a lot. You think? That's a lot more than you usually get. I don't give my dog three three treats in a day. I guess. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Before we get to this part, 
when Batman and Robin go into the pit, the Joker says, the pit is full now. It's pitiful. That yeah, one made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Joker and Penguin, they're really something in this. <laughs> yeah, we should talk about them a little bit. Yeah, they're like pretty different from their... I guess they're not so different. They're very recognizable as the Joker and the Penguin. And same goes for Batman and Robin. Like, no one is as charming as they are in the 66 show. Yeah, I agree. The Joker's just, like, using endless amounts of alliteration and, like, narrating his every movement and just, like, talking and laughing. And he doesn't even have a mustache. He doesn't have his mustache. Yeah. The Penguin is, like pretty worthless in this episode yeah i was thinking like he's just more of a glorified cameo you could not have him and it would work just fine yeah as like a weird because everything's kind of themed after more like joker stuff yeah you know they're in amusement park it's a goofy haunted house they're using like clown things to smuggle counterfeit money yeah but i guess for as you know as much of a non-entity as the penguin is like when he speaks it's still in the kind of aristocratic vernacular so i guess that's like pretty much his character in the comics anyway yeah i i know at this time like those are the two most popular batman villains and they were frequently teamed up in the comics a lot so it kind of just makes sense and like you kind of get a two for one and more batman villains are fun than fewer true i was like as a kid i also thought it was like an immediate like stakes raised thing. It was like, oh my god, it's two super villains. Even though the the stakes have never felt lower than this episode. Of oh Batman. no! Like as an adult, I'm like this is really, really low stakes. Yeah, I mean, I feel like whenever they team up, they all get along really well. But it, I feel like they all have very big personalities, and that wouldn't happen. You know, like I like uh, and when we were uh, whichever one we were watching last. Not to backtrack, but it was like Catwoman, the Riddler. The movie? Was it the movie? Yeah. Yeah, the movie, the movie's four of them teaming up. Yeah. And they all teamed up and they're all just like, nobody's trying to be the boss. They're all just like, yeah, whatever they say. I mean, they do they do bicker a fair amount in that. I guess. I fun. guess. I guess having the common enemy of Batman is enough. Unifying it, unifying <laughs> enough. But in this episode right now, we were robbed of them using the bat ropes. Yeah, they tried to, and they were like, ah, oh, nothing to grab onto. Yeah, they didn't even try. They just were like, we can't do it. Because <laughs> then it has to turn into like a normal Scooby-Doo episode for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Scooby gang quickly is uh, separated in this haunted house. Well, yeah, yeah, because the Joker says that he wants to mess with these teens. He's like, oh, we'll get these teens out of this haunted house. And he tries to do the same things with like the ghosts and the sounds. And there's one point where the ghost, he has like a ghost dummy like pop out at Shaggy and Scooby. And Shaggy, of course, freaks out because they hate ghosts. But then he's like, oh, it's okay. It's just a dummy. And he pulls the sheet off. And under the sheet is the sharpest, twisted metal on a giant spring that like yeah oh, wait isn't that batman though no, yeah, it's, batman that pull, no. it's batman that pulls it off is it yeah. oh it is it is but either way i was just like that armature looks so shaky and scary and sharp like i feel like that should be concerning as well i mean back in the 60s and 70s safety safety standards aren't what they are oh show wasn't around yeah yeah we gotta <laughs> wait for uh, ralph nader to come around <laughs> before everything gets real safe. My bad. I thought that was Scooby and Jaggy. No, they would never be so brave. You're right. You're right. Yeah, they would have just ran away. <laughs> uh, so they're all separated, but then quickly reunites. I mean, while they're separated, there is a fun gag with Shaggy and Scooby. Yeah, where, like they... They're trying to get to the exit door, but the floor's tricked. So like it's a conveyor belt, so they can't get closer. I thought it lasted way too long, though. It, it did, but I, so I thought the Joker it was... could say, 
this is a running gag. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, like that's that made it worthwhile to me. <laughs> like, but like you gotta remember this is like an actual like amusement park thing, and like that's kind of a fun thing to do to play no, like a trick on somebody. Yeah. There's a, a mannequin of a fish man. Yeah. And in probably the only time in Scooby-Doo history, Daphne's like oh Velma just hold my hand I'm so scared <laughs> like they haven't been in like 50 haunted houses by now yeah they basically live in haunted houses or, yeah. and she's usually reaching for Fred's hand yeah <laughs> but uh both Daphne and Velma both hold the hand of this fish man dummy and freak out and Velma gets separated but then they all like meet back up in like five seconds yeah, but it's such a weird way. So Scooby and Shaggy are walking down a dark hallway and they see two pairs of like evil green glowing eyes. Yeah. But we just learn it's Fred and Daphne's eyes. So I don't know if Fred and Daphne are like secret lizard people. No. <laughs> and then Velma quickly stumbles in on the group yeah and they're all reunited yeah, she runs into scooby dressed as a ghost so yeah, then someone mentions there's a ghost and scooby gets scared and runs away right yeah. <laughs> so the joker and the penguin are like they're like oh dang none of our plans worked meanwhile they're like zipping up these <laughs> skeleton costumes which those costumes are cool they're very cool costumes um but this is the dumbest plan. Yeah. I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong because I'm not as familiar, but I feel like they're not very physical villains. Like they don't normally put themselves into the plan. Well, in the 60s show, everyone punches and fights and stuff. Okay. At the end, that's how it always works. Got it. But like normally, yeah, they're more schemers with henchmen, but then mm-hmm. they'd have to animate a bunch of henchmen. <laughs> Right. That's really what it is. It just it feels like if this were live action, it would be like they're shooting the episode of Scooby-Doo and maybe like Batman wrapped up on the set over. They're like, hey, would you guys mind just coming in here? And they're all really tired, but they're like, yeah, I guess we'll do it. And the whole cast just seems very tired. That's how this cartoon is playing out to me. <laughs> so Joker and Penguin are trying to chase the Scooby gang around and they're just flailing their arms. Just walking at them. Yeah, and everyone's like, oh, these probably aren't real skeletons, but because of Scooby-Doo, they're like, oh, let's just run away anyway. Just in case they are real skeletons. Yeah. Which I should point out that they all have skeletons inside them. Skeletons aren't really that scary. Yeah. I mean, if you saw a skeleton walking at you, you wouldn't be scared? It doesn't have like little muscles and stuff. You could knock it over. I feel like I could very easily overpower an ambulatory skeleton. That has like no weapons or anything. Unless it's being held together with dark magic. That's true. These ones clearly aren't. (laughs) Well, yeah, you can see the zipper. I mean, they're (laughs) clearly not skeletons. (laughs) Wait, but then Scooby has a moment of bravery, which rarely doesn't happen. No, it's a moment of gluttony. by hunger. Yeah, because he's a dog (laughs) in their bones. Yeah. So Scooby does start running away, but yeah, he turns around and he's just like, ooh, tasty bones. And he chases them down a long hallway with a door at the end. It's a door. <laughs> Where's Batman to point it out? Yeah. Well, so, yeah, so they... on the other side. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they end up falling into the same trap they laid for Batman. Why is this part of the fun house? <laughs> like, why is this part of the fun house? <laughs> you know. Yeah. The pit that he fell into. Like, it seems like a lot of work for, like, a carnival worker to, like... Someone would have to fish out whoever's in there. Yeah. There's no way out from the bottom. Except there's a, this door that leads into it. Oh, no, the door opens into the pit. Yeah. Like, I got it. Okay. So, Batman and Robin immediately know who the uh, skeletons are, and the Scooby gang fishes everybody out of the pit. Oh, but not before Batman has a chance to call a scrambling Joker the crown prince of climb. Oh, I did love that. <laughs> yeah. The clown prince of climb. Yeah, whatever. Oh, yeah, wait, that makes more sense. <laughs> the clown prince of climb. This also shows, like, even though Batman and Robin were, like, stuck, 
they still like without Scooby, I think they still would have solved these crimes because they had like a radio transceiver and their utility belts and they like called the police. Yeah. So two detectives show up to take Joker and Penguin away. We get this weird joke where Batman's like, all right, take them away. And Joker and Penguin are just leading the detectives away. And then Robin's like, the other way around. No, the other way around. And they're like, oh yeah. And then they switch places. <laughs> so stupid. Oh, but before they're taken away, they tell them, they tell Batman and Robin, because they're trying to figure out what the counterfeit money's for. And they're like, oh, the counterfeit money was just like left at our front door by a mysterious donor. And they're like, oh yeah, we got to just spread it around because it's crime. Yeah, because crime. (laughs) So they've been like putting it in like the stalls and stuff at the amusement park. So it kind of just gets out in the circulation. Because I guess it's not, they didn't say abandoned amusement parks. I guess it's still in operation. They just went while it was closed, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's like the Heath Ledger Joker is an agent of chaos. Speaking of the Joker, his voice is something in this. (laughs) He's like an old timey, like, Shook him up, see? Like, he sounds like a mobster. Yeah, uh, he's played by Larry Storch, and the Penguin's played by Ted Knight. He's yeah, like, like, he's got the uh, Cesar Romero laugh, but other than that, like, it's just, it's weird. As soon as this donor is mentioned, all of a sudden, they're saying lots of he's and him's while yeah. postulating yeah. about who the donor is. Very way too much yeah yeah i was like of course it's a man it can only be a man which of course sounds like oh the only other character we met is a woman <laughs> but like yeah i in 2022 i don't like how they uh, just jump to genderized assumptions about people they don't know anyone can commit crime exactly you are listening anyone can do it <laughs> yeah you too can be a criminal. You too can be a criminal. Regardless of your gender. <laughs> so they go back to the farmhouse to investigate. Everything leads back to there. Is there anything specific that leads them back to the farmhouse? I think it's just that was their only like dead end. Okay. Yeah. But like you know why I mean? does this house keep disappearing? It's true. And I guess because they found the clown there first. And- with, with the money, money in it. In it. Okay, yeah. okay. And the house, as far as they know, is gone. Right. But when they get back, it's there again. Oh, I like this part. Yeah, we get into some hijinks. From here on, so <laughs> this episode is already, like, weird, and I feel like it turns into a fever dream very quickly. Okay, so Joker and Penguin leave, and it's about, like, the 25-minute mark. The whole episode is about 40 minutes. Yeah. So the whole next part should really be summed up like in three minutes, but they stretch it out for 20 more minutes. Yeah, it was really <laughs> monotonous. I kind of like, got, my brain kind of turned off halfway through it. I'm like, oh my God, just be over. It reminds me of like modern blockbuster like endings. So they get back and to where the farmhouse was and it's there again. They're like, all right, let's go investigate. And again, Scooby and Shaggy won't go inside. But this time, it helped. That's what I'm saying. They always think they're going to stay out of it, but they're always the reason that things kick off. So they go in the house. Scooby and Shaggy are, I don't know what they're doing. They hear an owl or something. Who knows? This is the second time an owl spooked them. Like, owls aren't really scary unless you're like... <laughs> Vermin. How many owls are you meeting in one night? (laughs) They jump on a branch and it's actually a secret lever and they watch the house turn upside down. It like rotates from the the ground around. Right. And a patch of trees takes the place of where the house was. Yeah. (laughs) I got a lot of questions. I got so many questions about this house. Well, that's why things were nailed down. You get it? I know, but my question would be, unless Mrs. Baker is making so much bank off of this counterfeit money scheme, 
she seems like she is wealthy enough to build a whole contraption oh Kayla. rotate her house see see super criminals we've learned uh in this our, our rewatch here they just have infinite resources to commit crime it's not <laughs> about the money they don't need the money penguin gets out of jail immediately has an umbrella factory with like umbrella rockets <laughs> like, all kinds of gadgets it doesn't matter <laughs> I said it, it's the love of the game. <laughs> so incredible. <laughs> I can only imagine Miss Baker in her house doing whatever. And then all of a sudden it just starts turning around. <laughs> and just like, oh, what if she was like using the bathroom? I was gonna say, well, how's the, the water in the toilet? It would just fly out of there, right? Yeah. You can't have plumbing. It's obviously not like a house that she's probably actually living in. Just there for a front, but like, why even have a building they there? They think Miss Baker's an innocent little old lady, and they're just yeah. fucking with her house. So, are we allowed to swear? Yeah, whatever. Okay. Um, <laughs> so the actual house is now underground, um, and we get a little animation error because, like the Scooby gang is in front of a doorway when this happens. Yeah. Very much still shows the outside. Oh no. They just, they just took the background panel and like flipped it. Yeah. <laughs> Batman and Robin discover that like the house leads to this secret cave system and like everything like gets out of scale. Yeah, they seem giant the whole time, right? Like, yeah, because, like, they're now outside of the house, but it's still a house, like, that they were in. It's a full-sized house, yeah. but, like... It looks like a dollhouse. Yeah, it's so small now. And it just, like, that adds to the fever dream element of this episode. Okay, and can you guys clear some... Well, maybe you'll met. Keep going, keep going. They spin the house a couple more times. <laughs> Scooby and Shaggy fix it, then enter the house to like tell their friends what they discovered. But then Batman and Robin find another lever <laughs> and like get them back, get the Scooby gang back into the cave system with them. Yeah, now, now everybody's underground. Yeah. While they're underground, instead of just like remaining in whatever hiding place he was. <laughs> The masked man just like runs by them, leading them into a <laughs> giant warehouse or like storage facility. Okay. Yeah, this is my question. Is there any reason why this storage house is just filled with toys? I guess it like, like connects to the punch clown. So we're thinking that this scheme is going all over the city just in different toys. They're sending counterfeit money. I guess so. <laughs> I have a feeling it's just they had these assets and just used them. Oh, well, yeah, I'm sure. But we're looking for the in-universe Yeah, we want to know reason. the story <laughs> behind all of the, the trampolines and such. <laughs> so these people are walking around this warehouse looking for the masked man. And, you know, the masked man sticks a robot dog on them? no. No, the masked man turns the dial on a, like a dog doll and it starts barking. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this robot dog is barking and it's here that Scooby being a like talking dog <laughs> with obvious feelings, like Aww. really he's a, a weird creature. problem because like Batman's like, well, someone shut Scooby up. And Daphne ties like a muzzle around his snout. Yes. And that seems like cruel. So cruel. And also like I've watched many episodes of Scooby-Doo and I've never once heard him bark like a dog. He, he does occasionally growl and bark. At okay. Things, but not like this. My whole thing is why is this robot dog here at all? <laughs> so here's why it's happening. Okay. Because while, while they have Scooby's mouth tied up, it's still barking. And they're like, oh, the person must be here. So it's to tell the audience that they know that the person's there. It's dumb. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that's the reason why. All right. So Daphne un unties <laughs> Scooby's muzzle and it's just like, oh, sorry about that. But just like... Imagine you did that to like, your buddy. Like, I'm curious about the dynamic between like 
Scooby and the rest of them like does Scooby like shit on the floor and then like <laughs> Shaggy like is like you know sticking his nose in it or something yeah like, or is it expected that like oh you're a dog that can talk so you're a dog you can clean up your own crap yeah or, yeah like and sometimes he's anthropomorphic enough to you know drive a little car around right yeah what? does he just use a toilet i would assume he uses a toilet he seems like he would want to use a toilet yeah, with how much Scooby eats, man, he's got to go to the bathroom a lot. A lot. Oh, I'm sure. And I'm sure it's like gross. And he has <laughs> all kinds of food he should not be eating. Not even people should be eating. <laughs> well, true. <laughs> so. Okay. What the... Can someone else explain what I happens? Can't. Okay. So, wait. <laughs> so, they un. This is, I've jumped in my notes from they've untied Scooby's muzzle to Daphne and Fred are running down some kind of rail. I don't know. So a lot of it, just insane set pieces start happening as they all are chasing the the hooded man. But do they see the hooded man again? Yeah, I think they do. And then like everyone starts chasing them and like all kinds of things. Toys and stuff are going off because like a little car starts. Velma falls and knocks her glasses off. Right. She accidentally starts up a, like a little toy car. Right. Starts zooming around and like hits Scooby, and he starts driving in it and spinning around and like knocking into everything. And yeah, and like Fred and Daphne are bouncing on a trampoline, which bat they're bouncing so high that Batman and Robin can see them from like their trapeze swing they're swinging on <laughs> which or... i thought that was cool because of dick grayson right yeah i'm oh, sure that was not intentional they're trying to rescue daphne from the bouncing or something and they trapeze they like get her into the trapeze swing act it's really weird <laughs> oh every all right the madness really kicks off when the hooded man throws a giant bouncy That's ball it. with yeah. a smiley face and they all it. freak out yeah, like it's the most terrifying thing they've ever seen. And you're just like, you guys have seen way scarier stuff than that. There's no reason to assume that this bouncy ball <laughs> is dangerous. So there's insanity. It's foolishness. And then someone says the best line that Wait. will probably ever be uttered on this show, on any show we ever talk about. Oh my God, what is it? Um, we'll never catch him. He's on a unicycle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Because they get on bicycles to follow him. Meanwhile, meanwhile, <laughs> while they're saying this line, they're showing the hooded man on the unicycle, and it's such crappy animation that he's seemingly just riding in a circle on the unicycle. And they're like, "Oh, we'll never catch him," but he's just going around in a circle. <laughs> then they get on bicycles, which are objectively <laughs> faster, and they go on seesaws. Just as the basic mechanics of it. That's right. Oh my god, how could I forget about the unicycle? I just watched it like two hours ago and my, my brain like rejected all of the information that I got. Like, the first half was a story and I was following the story and then it just turns into like a circus act for 20 minutes. Um, it's truly insane. Apparently, there was a part where Shaggy's head is in an elephant mask. and Oh yeah. But then they end up inside the teepee, a teepee, which there's like 20 teepees just set up in this warehouse and that hooded man's in there but like i wrote down it's a tardis tent because on the outside the teepee is tiny and they go inside it's the size of like a circus tent oh yeah. it was really weird and then like something happens in that tent and they don't show it and then shaggy <laughs> comes like stumbling out like, <laughs> It's just like, yo, what happened to you, dude? It's like an implied an implied fight happened. And then Scooby comes zipping around on his little car. That's right. Using the same animation of him, like, spinning and stuff. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And then Velma, Fred, and Daphne on their bicycles. The unicyclist runs, uh, rides his, the unicycle under the badminton net and clears it. But then Fred, Daphne, and Velma on their bicycles run right into the Batman net. Instead of dodging it, they just lift their hands up and grab onto the badminton net and just hang from it. (laughs) It's insane. How how does this madness end? I don't even remember. Um, They catch him. I don't remember how, but they do. Oh, oh, through a basketball net. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. Robin says holy basketballs. I think the hooded man is on the unicycle and hits something and flies oh, into the air. Oh, the seesaws, yeah. Yeah, the hooded man rides up a seesaw, but then, like, Scooby crashes the car. Right. Flips off of the car onto the other side of the seesaw, which flings the hooded man through a basketball net into the arms of Batman and Robin. Which at this point, Batman and Robin are drawn like giants and yeah. the man looks like a child. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the, the series of animation errors I'm going to bring up. Yes. <laughs> uh, so insane. They go outside before unmasking <laughs> this guy. Like, yeah. Back in the house, flip the lever, which has to be such a complicated thing because the lever is outside yeah you can't do it while in the house so so you have to have somebody else flip everything around yeah like almost like you send somebody up to be at the other lever yeah so that's what they would have had to have done yeah it had to split into groups yeah so they're just holding this person for like what 20 minutes trying to get the house back i guess that's what arresting people is (laughs) they finally unmasked the hooded man and uh, he turns out to be Mrs. Baker. I can't believe Didn't see it, it coming. <laughs> like the end of Metroid. So nuts. Yeah. And well, and then the, she does the obligated, and I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for that dumb dog, which I thought was very harsh. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is Scooby's fault that she got caught. But I feel like they're usually like, you know, like you meddling kids. But she was like that dumb dog. Yeah. And he was like, what did I do? She's a criminal. <laughs> They're all bad. Oh, man. That was lips at the end. I mean, I don't want to be so creepy looking. Yeah. What the heck did they do? It, was it so- reminded me of when they put like live action like lips on a cartoon. It was. Yeah, bad. it was insane. It was bad. It was really bad. So, yeah. And then anyway, the episode yeah. ends with. Uh, Batman just, I don't know where he gets this sack, but it's like a huge sack full of not Scooby snacks, but bat snacks. But actually rocks, because when he dumps it out, it It looks 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 like he's dumping rocks in front of Scooby. But 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 so if they're bat snacks, are they things that he eats? I guess. (laughs) I don't know. They don't look like bats. Like you said, they look like rocks. Yeah, The bat cookie they get earlier looks like a bat. It did. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, what did you guys think of this one? Oh, man. I felt like that ending was abrupt. No? I feel like they usually are. I feel like they unmask them, they say the meddling kids, and then Scooby turns the camera and says, Scooby, did we do? And that's the end of it. That's true. Yeah. I. Oh. <laughs> so, I guess because it's like the new Scooby Doo movies, it's like two episodes in one. Yeah. They're like long, they're not uh, like 20 minutes. Uh, but there was only 20 minutes worth of content in this episode. <laughs> Which is crazy, because there are scenes that have been lost to time from this now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you want to go over them? Yeah, so two short scenes are missing from all official presentations episodes since the mid-90s. Uh, the first is a short segment where Fred, Daphne, and Velma notice Scooby and Shaggy have gone missing, while the Joker and Penguin prepare their next scare, like in the Haunted House. Um, the second's a longer segment where Batman and Robin enter the underground warehouse and elaborate on the repercussions of the widespread distribution of counterfeit money would pose on national economy. Oh. That would also have helped make sense. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, all right, while we're talking about them, I don't understand why Joker, what Joker and Penguin were getting out of this plan. They weren't in charge of it. Someone all was just was... leaving money on their doorsteps. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, also, do they just live together? Like... Um, <laughs> I hope so. I want them to be a couple so bad. But even if they got all this counterfeit money, why wouldn't they just spend it Who or knows? launder it or something? Or like, yeah, or like, if you want to think if they're like, oh, mysterious person kind of like hired us to like, la- like to get this out into circulation or something. But it's like, no, they just gave us counterfeit money. So this is, we concocted this crazy amusement park scheme. Which, okay, Let's think that through because the one scene when when it's Joker and Penguin in the haunted house like control room, there's this a uh, scene where it's Pe- Penguin just stuffing the cash into one of the empty clown punching bags. Oh, so I guess yeah. it's them. Yeah, they're just getting the money. 
like from somebody else and I guess they're figuring out ways to get it out there but like why would they send it to the masterminds no yeah why is the mastermind sending it to them in clown things already right like and who's opening that up like who I'm just so confused like what their next step is like are you then sending the clown to another criminal because like if I got a punching clown bag filled with fake money I wouldn't immediately go hey I'm gonna go get this into circulation like uh well if I got that punching clown filled with money <laughs> I would be like oh Abraham Lincoln is wearing a turtleneck and this is worthless trash yeah and I would like light it on fire because it's worthless trash yeah like that's not a good counterfeit Maybe it's like a one five dollar bill. Do, do you remember the episode of Batman the Animated Series called Joker's Millions, where like a crime boss dies and like leaves all his money to the Joker, but like a little bit of it's real, but all the rest is fake because the trick he, he tricked him into like spending all this fake money and like now he's implicated in all of these like Damn. crimes, even though he's not doing crimes. But, like that's at least that a, sounds like a good story though. That's at least a trick on them. Oh, it's got the greatest line in it. At the end, when he realizes he needs to undo what he did, because he's like, "Listen, I, I'm crazy enough to tangle Batman, but not the IRS. Like, <laughs> he's going to get him for tax evasion for not paying his inheritance. But that's at least like they're tricked him, and like, it's not like Joker's in on a scheme. You know right. what I mean? They just have not thought this through. Yeah. Um. Before I get into my next point, uh, are, are there any other deleted scenes? Uh, those just just the two deleted scenes. Okay, so. They didn't catch all the criminals. Oh, yeah. There was those two dudes in the beginning dropping it off. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's just, like, loose ends. Like, maybe they're the real master. Yeah. Well, yeah, because they're the ones who are probably not then shipping them once they're stuffed. Yeah, or, some, or they're getting them from the source because they were on a plane. But, like, between the and Joker then- and Penguin's hideout and the house... They could drive right. so so you think that there's a bigger mastermind shipping the money to mrs baker who's maybe like the the point at that that's her area yeah like the gotham city distribution yeah of this whole ring and then mrs baker is then using already named criminals to do the dirty work yeah that makes sense to me i mean from mrs baker's perspective yeah uh, I think Miss, Mrs. Baker is just a cog in a greater criminal machine. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why the plan makes no sense. We're not privy to enough of uh, the machinations of it. Seeing a slice of it. So hopefully there's a, you know, she, yeah, she turns... Scooby-Doo movie where <laughs> we get the, the real conclusion to this. Where she turns, she turns state witness. And <laughs> like, there's a couple other notable things about this episode. First, it's the first episode with an unmasked female culprit. Oh, wow. Interesting. Um, This is also the first time the word jinkies is used. What? It's not said by Velma. It's said by Shaggy who says it in this one. Wow. When does he say it? Do you know? I don't remember him saying it because I'm so used to that just being part of the Scooby-Doo lexicon that I didn't notice it when he said it. Interesting. But uh, the only other thing of interest, and this is probably the least amount of interest of everything, uh, is the quote-unquote kindly old lady Mrs. Baker being the culprit is similar to the premise of Catwoman's first appearance in print in 1940. She was disguised as an older woman and told Batman unmasked her as a jewel thief. Uh, then it says here, it's unclear whether this is a deliberate homage or a coincidence. I'm sure it's a coincidence. I'm so <laughs> sure. So sure, yeah. yeah. But that's kind of interesting. Well, uh, I guess if we were to rate the villains' plans, I give them a zero. It was a shit yeah, plan. <laughs> it was, it was by far the worst plan ever. And we've um, seen, uh, we've seen a lot of wild stuff. Yeah. So there was no onomatopoeia in this episode, but there was the cool like bat transition. Oh yeah. Which was neat. Uh, but let's go on down to the things that Robin said. We got Holy Harlequins when the first clown Boppet was first revealed. Holy retreads with the car. Holy Hoodwinks uh, about the hooded thing with Fred. Holy Houdini with the house being gone. Holy Double Dealers when they realize they see the Joker and Penguin looking out the window. Holy Spine Tinglers with the ghost. Holy Pitfalls when they fall down. Holy Vertebrae when they land on uh, the, the, the things that they land on. Wow. Holy Enigmas. 
And then holy basketballs. So that's nine, almost in double digits in 40 minutes. Ooh. Holy vertebrates might be my favorite. <laughs> I wonder if we'll ever get to double digits. I don't know. We'll see. I don't think they do in the movie, and the movie's way longer. Yeah, uh, we'll see when we get there. But there's way more labels in the movie. <laughs> yeah, there was no labels in this. I'm upset. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Well, no, that's not true. The buttons in the control room of the haunted house were all labeled. Oh, you know what? That's fair. Because then he was saying things that made sense. And then one of them was bubbling water. And I was just like, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> got water sometimes. Yeah, well, they're not going to jump real boiling water on amusement park patrons. <laughs> But does that sound particularly scary? I don't know. Witch's Cauldron? Uh, that makes sense. Anything left to say about <laughs> this? Yeah. Uh, I don't think it was very good. I don't remember <laughs> this one. I, the other one might be better because I remember that one a lot more clearly. Uh, the other Batman and Robin like team up episode of the show. But, you know, hey, we did this as a fun haunted you know, Halloween kind of thing. Just because like Scooby and those guys usually deal with ghosts and things. Um, and then they went into a haunted house, which was kind of fun for a Halloween special. Yeah, true that. Listen, it's by no means good storytelling, but I thought it was good in the sense that I had fun watching it. That's all that matters. <laughs> and had fun talking about it with you guys. Yeah, yeah it's always fun <laughs> seeing you guys. You know, like the real uh, Batman and Scooby-Doo mysteries uh, were the friends we made along the way. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's also appropriate we're doing this now because uh, by the time this episode is released, there will be a new ongoing Batman and Scooby-Doo comic book, like all ages comic book from DC. Oh, cool. Shelves. As of this recording, I think it's coming out in two days. Oh, cool. Well, uh, we look forward to uh, an update on how uh, exciting that is. I mean, the last one they had like a flashback uh, issue where it was like young Batman and like the pup named Scooby-Doo versions of the characters. That was fun. That is really fun. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we hope everyone has a great Halloween. And uh, we'll see you at our normal Batcast time on yeah. Wednesdays. Um, <laughs> obviously, you have questions or comments. Uh, if, you, if you're watching this or listening to this on a plat- one of the platforms that let you comment on it, go for it. We'd love to hear it. Um, if not, email us at uh, batcast66 at gmail.com. Cool. All right. Well, take care, everyone. Thank you.